All right, everybody, welcome back to Talk Murder Me. This episode, we're going to finish up with a Trey Sessler murder, how he's linked to another killer as well, a James Savakumaran. Savakumaran. James Oliver Savakumaran. So we're going we're gonna to discuss this interesting link here. So anyway, go to talkmore.com to see all the photos. You definitely want to see this letter that he... Pinned. James, good to hear from you. Appreciate the articles as well. Things have been all right here for the most part. I haven't been hearing about any big shootings or anything on the news, but their incidents usually have some space between them. Usually people will commit suicide after they do something like that to escape getting arrested and having to go through the hassle of a trial. Not everybody does this, though. Like Holmes, the dude that shot up the theater. He was taken in alive. If someone gets to that point in life like I was, had a nice car and some savings built up and a good home life, but I was very tired of it all. I found society to be a sham. Very few will have happy lives. And hard work only goes so far in reality. I think you mentioned several times that you were going to be kicked out of school. I assume that it's people. Some people try to pick themselves back up oh, from financial trouble. Oh, thank you. I assume that it's from financial troubles. These things happen to the best of people. Some people try to pick themselves back up and try something else. Some people get back at society in other ways. Did you ever buy a car? I had a friend who purchased an older model Honda Civic. I want to say it was a late 1998-1999 model. It was priced at $900. He drove it for two years before he even had a problem with it, and that was a simple dead starter. He got it fixed for under $200. Anyway, if you find a car, let me know. Take it easy, Trey. All right, so he sent that letter from prison after his murders. He sent that to another shooter are about to be shooter. His name is James Sivakumaran. James Oliver Sivakumaran. And he was a UCF, a University of Central Florida student, who was planning a dorm attack on his university. So they were obviously talking back and forth to each other. This video you're watching right now, which I'll put on talkmar.com, is of him attempting to start the massacre. This is him pulling the fire alarm in his dorm room. So so he was in this dorm room. Now, he was already kicked out of school for financial. He couldn't pay his tuition. Mm -hmm. So he was supposed to be out of the dorm already, but he wasn't. So he decided to try to take as many lives as he can in the, in the hallways, basically. What he was going to do is pull the fire alarm in the in the dorm and once everyone piles up he was going to lock the doors have everyone pile up to like this central kill zone basically where he has everyone cattled up and he could just have maximum effectiveness and kill as many people as he can that was his plan mm -hmm. you said he was 30 yeah 30 years old and he uh and he was still living on campus yeah he was still living on campus but he couldn't pay his his tuition anymore so they had already began so they had already evicted him basically but this video right here is kind of chilling this is when it all happened this is 
the start of the attack. So you can see him walking in the door or walking in the dorm. You see the fire alarm right here. Mm -hmm. He's just going to walk up there and he's not armed or anything, but you see him pulling the fire alarm. You saw him pulling that. Mm -hmm. So obviously you guys haven't heard about this story because it didn't actually go through. He didn't kill anyone. That's good. Exactly. So what happened? Because he had already started the plan. Like, what do you think could have happened to derail his plan? Did did he come upon a security officer, maybe? No, no security officer. That's a good, good guess. So there's just a quote from the press conference, the uh, police. So apparently, so apparently this campus is so large. UCF, is that a big, that's a big school? I, I guess. I mean, there's probably, I guess, a couple thousand people that go there. Yeah. But, like, you see campus police. That's mm-hmm. one thing. And if a school is really small, they don't even get that. They get, like, the rent-a-cops or they hire, you know, yeah. whatever. They hire it out. Like, the tech college I went to or something like that. But this university, apparently, from what this report says, has its own chief of police. The dude's got four stars on his shoulder. Hmm. And... And if you look at the badge, it says University of Central Florida. So apparently this is a freaking big deal. If they got their own chief of police and he's got four stars on his lapel, you know what I'm saying? I don't remember <laughs> if my school, I know that they had a a police and it was, it was Loyola police, not like Baltimore City Police Department. Yeah, but, but I doubt they had a chief of police. Well, I guess somebody's got to be the boss, right? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's, I don't know how the police. I don't know how police ranking structure works, but I don't know. This dude's got four stars on his shoulder, and it says University of Camp University of Central Florida. So I was like, dang. Anyway, this is what he said. During the press conference, police stated that, quote, anybody armed with this type of weapon could have hurt a lot of people there, particularly in a crowded area as people were evacuating. It could have been a very bad day. So that was a quote from the UCF police chief, Richard Berry. He pulls the fire alarm. He goes back into his room to pick up the assault rifle. At this point, all the students are now coming out of their room, heading into the hall. However, when he gets back into his dorm, his roommate was there and surprised him. And immediately, the roommate, his name is Arabo Babakani. Arabo Babakani. And I probably mispronounced that name, but I'll show you a picture of him. This is him right here. He is a pharmacy student. He's a good looking dude, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you right now, this guy's a freaking hero, man. Oh, wow. You should give this guy a medal. I'm serious, too. He kn- he knows immediately what his roommate is planning, what you know, what is going down. He hears the fire alarm. James goes into his room and he gets his rifle and he comes back and he points it right in his roommate's face. As soon as the fire alarm happened, I opened my door. I think something is burning on the stove, Babakani told ABC News. I opened my door and I see my roommate with an assault rifle. I didn't stop and look. I slammed the door in his face so he couldn't harm me. As soon as I opened the door, he just raised the rifle on me. That's crazy. I wonder what was what that smell was he was smelling. Uh, maybe it was one of the pipe bombs or IEDs or something. No, the, the pipe bombs weren't exploded. So there were four IEDs mm-hmm. and they were all homemade and they were laced with shrapnel, which I didn't think shrapnel, oh. 
I thought shrapnel, when you hear that in the military, it's like the, the shreddings yeah. and the fragments. But apparently, so I'm guessing the pythons was in his book bag in, in his room. Four IEDs were also stuffed in there and with probably like metal shavings or a lot of people use BBs, stuff like that. Whatever's cheap that could you know, penetrate something. You know, if I was to do it, I would use nails. I'm just saying, you know, like, mm. like straight nails. Cause I mean, you think about it, those things will blow up and pierce everything. This is a Monday around midnight, right? He, he has mm-hmm. a, he has a GSG 522, a 22 German assault rifle, which this assault rifle was known for being really cheap and it malfunctions a lot. Oh. Okay. Just to let you know. Okay. One report that I pulled from ABC. If you want to read this, this is about what was found and what type of weapons he was going to use for this massacre. The suspect had an American tactical 22 caliber assault rifle and a high point 45 caliber handgun and high capacity magazines, including a drum magazine, similar to the type used in the movie theater shooting in Aurora, Colorado. He tells the nightly news, the K K night as in Mm K-N-I-G-H-T because it's the nights, right? Got it. He tells the nightly news, quote, I got away from the door in case he barred into it so he gets the the rifle pointed right at his face and quickly the room and the roommate runs into the bathroom locks the door and immediately calls 911 that move that he did that calling a 911 so quickly got the police dispatched really quickly to campus started controlling the scene before James, the shooter, had a chance to carry out his plan. So if it wasn't for the roommate bravely running and dialing 911, there would have been mass casualties. Mm. He says, quote, I crouched in front of my chair in case he fired into the door. I crouched in front of my chest, the drawers, in case he fired into a wall. I just didn't know where he was going to fire. So as I said, he darted in his bedroom. I think I said bathroom. The police called this roommate a hero, which I think we can all agree that that that's pretty much the case. If he yeah. wouldn't have called nine one one, you know, and and at the time he he was he was scared that his roommate would try to shoot into the door. Right at that time, fortunately for him, that never happened. The roommate just went into his own room. This is the police entering James's room. This is the uh, helmet cam video. I'll put this on talkmore.com. Oh, boy. So, automatically, you hear the fire alarm going off. You hear the police going in. And I just want to say, I mean, just looking at these, these are campus police uh, or whoever. Man, this is stressful. Yeah. This is a very stressful job that these police have, man. I mean, they, they could be giving out tickets one night, and then all of a sudden, they're entering the room of a about to be mass shooter they have no idea what they're going into so when we would do this overseas enter into a building you you have no idea what's behind the other yeah. door so you know i i give these cops a lot of credit here and and the way they're clearing the room i think they're doing a fantastic mm-hmm. job so now this cop this department is pretty big you see that mm-hmm. oh big yeah apartment. it's like a big suite yeah yeah and He's walking, the cops are walking, walking, walking. 
Now, they haven't went into the shooter's room. So the shooter's still in there, which is scary as hell. Yeah. They haven't cleared that room yet. But wow. as you'll see the cop, he raises his uh, police-issued pistol and he enters. You see, you see, I don't know if you saw that. This is the front man right here, the cop. Do you see how he's got his pistol mm-hmm. lowered right there? Yeah. So he's at the ready right now. He's going to enter that, and if he sees a threat, he's going to immediately uh, raise that pistol up and shoot. So he's clearing out everyone. That that door, the roommate, the shooter's door is closed. They're going to kick it in. Here he goes. It's stressful. It's yeah. stressful. And I just want to point out yeah. again, man, these you don't know what's in there. Do you remember J- the James Holmes story? Mm-hmm. He had his whole fucking apartment rigged up. Mm-hmm. These cops are going in there. There could be IEDs all up in, all in there. In fact, there was a couple IEDs found. Wow. Fortunately for them, they weren't rigged up to blow up or anything like that, but they were found in the room. So these cops are brave, man, to go in there like this. So they kick in the door. And there they go. Now... The cop immediately sees something on the floor, and you can see him back up. Now, you can't really see what's on the floor, but you see him looking down. And then he backs up. He goes, and what's he doing right now at the floor? You see he's got his... Checking a pulse. There you go. He's checking a pulse. You see the oh, rifle blood. there. Yeah. On the, yeah, you see the blood there mm-hmm. right by so the rifle. Killed himself. There you go. So he's checking a pulse, and immediately the policeman uh, does the uh, thing... You know, the like call it off. Yeah, call it off. You, you know, he does that thing with your hand. It's like you go around your throat like yeah. dead kind of shit. And then yeah. he, he closes like the crime done. scene. Yeah. yeah, all done. The guy's dead. And I mean, that's scary. So, yeah. You and are, now they realize that room's is a crime that, scene. Is know? that blood or is that a red garment? I think that's a red garment because oh. he killed himself over here. Yeah, I was going to say it looked kind of shiny at that second view. Yeah, I think that's a red garment. But it's still scary, man. Is that man. another weapon over there? And See right there? Is that a smaller like, gun? Yeah, I think so. I, it's hard to tell. That might be one of those IEDs. They found a couple pipe bombs. I mean, look at the cop sweating, oh. man. Yeah, gosh. Man, he, like, I mean, he's he gonna... I'm not a campus police officer, so I don't know. But I assume that when you sign up for like a campus police officer, you don't sign up for like finding like, a, that's like having saying, a school man. shooter and finding dead bodies yeah, and that's things what i'm like saying that. i mean a regular cop could be experienced to this and luckily he gets to go home and his wife you know he gets to hug his children at night and stuff like that but he i mean yeah. they did a fantastic job so mm-hmm. good for them and good for the the roommate that stopped it obviously the it turned out the story turned out great i'll tell you a little bit about the guy the alternative of him shooting himself is a lot freaking better than what could have happened. Mm. Yeah. So let me talk a little bit about the crime scene. The 30-year-old shooter, James Savakumaran, had a 45 caliber handgun, 200 rounds of ammunition, mm. wow. four improvised explosive devices. He was no longer attending school, but he was still living in Tower 1. He had written a plan that included, and this is his plan, he, he had... He had somewhat of a manifesto written out on a piece of paper. It included, quote, getting drunk at a local bar, pulling a fire alarm and killing students. And then the manifesto ends with, quote, good luck plus the plus sign. Give them hell, end quote. What? Yeah. I mean, so he wasn't even attending the school anymore, but he was living on campus. That doesn't even make any sense. I didn't even know that you could do that. Plus, as a 30-year-old, why would you want to live with students? 
as I said, he was in the process of being evicted. He was a student from 2010 to 2012, and he wasn't evicted yet because, and I don't know, this is obviously they have probably changed the policy on this. You, you need to let me know. But you, I don't think you can hold them. Like if this was, if this turned out to be worse, maybe you could scold the campus for this. But here's the reason they haven't evicted him. So he hasn't paid any of his tuition and they haven't evicted him yet. And he's a 30 year old. But this is the reason why. They said, quote, they were lenient when it came to students that had nowhere to go. They also said that they were just being, quote, compassionate, end quote. They were not kicking mm. him out because they didn't want him to be on the street. I wow. mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I, I really doubt they, they like, still adopt I mean, that it's policy. Be between a rock and a hard place, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, you don't want somebody to be homeless, but. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like, for college housing, it's not like it's cheaper than... No, I think it's almost like, isn't it like more expensive almost? Yeah. What you couldn't really see or hear in the video, you might can hear it, but the fire alarm was going off, so I didn't really yep. want to turn it up. No, I could hear it. But the door was shut, and he was alive at that point. So even more scarier, the police hears the gunshot oh. of him actually shooting himself. Oh, when they're himself. on the outside? Yeah, when they're out on the outside... They hear the gunshot, and they obviously didn't know he shot himself, but that's when he kills himself. He shoots himself right in the head. Now, this guy was about to be evicted. He hadn't paid any of his school fees. He had minimal arrests. One arrest in 2006, he was driving with a suspended license. And this attack, he, he has actually been planning this attack since February. Mm. So, and What month was this in? This happened in March. Oh, a month. Yeah, so about a month, yeah. So this is from the roommate talking about, you know, his daily interactions with Shooter James. For the most part, if you said anything to him, he would ignore you. He would stare off in the distance and pretend you didn't exist. But he made eye contact with me when he pulled the gun on me. That was the best eye contact I ever had with him. He looked me dead in the eye and raised the gun, Babakani said. I thought he went after my roommate, but I didn't hear a struggle. Then I heard pops and then silence, he said. Wow. That's creepy that he, like, wouldn't look at him in the eye at all until he was about to shoot him. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it was real close because when, when James went back from pulling the fire alarm, I mean, yeah, he was going to grab his rifle, but he was also planning to shoot his roommate. So he was planning to kill this guy. I mean, most people I've seen, I've seen like, I've seen like special op people freeze up mm -hmm. under these conditions where a gun is, or you're getting shot at, or you get a gun pulled on you. So the fact that this dude immediately ran into his room, slammed the door and called 911, I'm telling you, that is, that is something to be said about this kid right here. So uh, the background on this guy, I'll put this manifesto on talkmurder.com. You guys can go there and read it yourself. It's not really a manifesto. It's a story about this guy named Damien. This was found in his room. And I'm not going to read it at all because it's, it's very racial. So think of Dylan Roof, mm -hmm. how he was a white supremacist. Right. James, Shooter James, as I've been calling him was 
also a supremacist as well. He was, I guess he would call him a black supremacist because, and I'm just going to read a little bit of it. I'm not going to use, like, I'm going to say the, I'm going to say in where, and you know what that means. Okay. Okay. But I just kind of want to scroll through it. It's not long. It's only three pages, but you can see the hate that this guy had. In fact, in the room, they found a note, a little sticky note that said, quote, hate is the key, end quote. So it talks about Damien being a mixed race and how he hates everyone. And then it says, why wouldn't he? Hmm. Now, this is what the killer had written. There are many in and honkies that would fuck with him, insult him, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just kind of going through it. You can read this on, on uh, the website. Mm-hmm. Damien knew he was strong, strong in the way that one race is stronger than the next, strong in mind. After all, the white man didn't make slaves out of the inn by going over to Africa and bedazzling them with their white skin. Very supremacist, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, it talks about this guy. He says he got a gun and a rifle. It's basically outlining what he's going to do. He hit the alarm and then he went to grab his guns, yada, yada, yada. He went downstairs. The people he saw, he shot, blam. Some in got shot in the head. Freaking nuts, right? Wow. He talks about seeing the group of people. And this is what he wanted it to be. Obviously, Damon is himself. He's of mixed race. You know, so this is what he's thinking. I, I don't know where he picked this up at, you know, where did Dylan Roof pick his shit up? Right. Right. Anyway, um, quote, they were scattered and and he picked them off one by one. He needed the keys to the rest of the floors. On the way back, he shot two girls and a big in. I shouldn't call him a black supremacist because he does say in here, for instance, he couldn't decide which he hated more. Stupid race mixers, liberal twats that had no respect for nature or race are the honkies. Honkies hmm. isn't a bad word. I can say that, right? No. Oh, like honky tonk? Yeah. Yeah. Are the honky are the honkies who did against him yet never respected what he was. To not respect what he was was not to respect nature. And then he hmm. uses the idea of God. So he like just kind of hates everybody but only if it's it's like his own definition of like who's cool and who sucks. Yeah, it's very it's kind of like the eugenics mindset where he hates race mixing. Honestly, I can't tell what <laughs> what his views he's, are. He's man. just crazy. Yeah, basically. I, I mean, he disturbed. I think I think word. he would be a mixed supremacist is what it looks like. I don't know. Go go to talkmar.com and read this yourself. It's it's really hard to actually see his thoughts because there was no real motive, but they did find this. And obviously this is somewhat of a manifesto, but as far as a motive, you know, he had shot himself in the head as soon as cops busted down his door. Mm -hmm. So there was no black and white. And then I did see something with Trey Sessler. You remember Trey Sessler was uh, talking to him? Mm Mm-hmm. So police, they don't actually think that Trey Sessler knew about the attack, but uh-huh. he did, as you, as you read the letter, Yep, he did, he did kind of facilitate, facilitate the hate, I guess, if you will. 
You know, and I'm, I don't know his mindset after once he, because obviously he heard about this. Mm-hmm. He had to. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wonder what he thought. Sure he, was like, he happy? Looked it up. Um, I don't know. He was, I don't know. Anyway, this is some of the photos. This is him holding uh, that mm. pistol to his head. You see all the rounds there? Oh, my God. That's a lot of freaking That's a rounds, dude. big box. Yeah. This is the hate is the key. And I'll put all these wow. on talkmore.com. Kind of interesting. He made a little drawing. He didn't really plan it out too mm. well, which is really good. I'm I'm not saying this, you know, it's a bad thing, but if you look at a lot of lives were saved. Yeah, but if you look at uh Randy Stair, seems like Randy Stair had planned it out his a lot more. James Holmes planned his out. And then even people like the Texas uh, Tower Sniper and stuff like that. It seems like, I mean, it's it's good that he didn't do any more planning. In the military, and you'll learn this going through infantry basic training, Mm -hmm. they talk about the uh, kill zone, the funnel. I think, I can't remember the term. It's like, I think they call the kill funnel or something like that. But when you set up an ambush, and this is why getting ambushed is so effing scary okay when you set up an ambush you usually want to be on a higher ground and have the kill targets kind of sunken in right and kind of on a slope maybe going down and the reason you want to be on higher ground is because one team's going to be on the left and right and you don't want each other you don't want to shoot each other Ah. by crossing bullets it's you know okay so so you would hide out and kind of funnel people into this position and then you would make it where it, it's hard for them to like let's say it's a block or something or the doors locked like he was doing that that's why he went and locked the doors so you funnel everyone into this hallway and then they can't even get out of the door and they're all there and then you can just shoot like a uh, you know fish in a bucket or whatever that saying is james holmes did the same thing if you remember he basically funneled everyone into their seats and i mean what's the exit plan there i mean you you got to run past them to get out right right i mean you could jump over the railing and some people did that but that's still like a six or seven foot drop you know what i'm saying or whatever Mm -hmm. the 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 easiest exit is to run past them. And that so he has everyone in a kill zone. That's what's dangerous. Right. So I'm thinking this guy obviously did some sort of research on how to get the maximum casualty, you know, ratio he mm. could. You know what I'm saying? Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of scary, man. Yeah. Anyway, here's um some of the explosives. Oh wow. So this is his backpack right here. You can see the IEDs, the they're pipe bombs. Mm-hmm. And then he has some sort of flammable material in there. I don't actually know. I guess he was going to grab this and then try to ignite it in the hallway. I'm not really sure what this stuff is. I'm not an explosive expert by any means. I'm not an explosive expert, but I'll put this on talkmare.com. It's some pink sort of, uh, I guess it's some kind of flammable thing. You know, I, huh. I think when you break that, whatever chemicals inside it will ignite or whatever it is if you know if you're an expert pink yeah it's like hot pink if you're an expert on this 
you know, I'd love to hear someone tell me what this is. It looks like it's stuffed in like a, one of those Yuhu bottles. You know? Uh, yeah, like one of those Starbucks Frappuccinos oh, bottles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bet it is because the cap there is mm-hmm. brown, you see? Yeah, yeah that, that looks is, exactly that like is, it. That is exactly what It's like one of those double shots, but not the cans, the, but the bottles. The glass, the glass yeah, yeah, Frappuccinos, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway... I do want to uh, say one thing right quick. I saw this when I was finishing my research. The the roommate, but his LinkedIn profile says he's a naval flight officer. Oh, wow. Uh, he is a hero. Yeah, he is a hero. This is his LinkedIn page. But awesome. this is him, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. He is uh, a commending, uh, awarded the University of Central Florida student. So he's a naval flight officer right now in, in the U.S. Navy. But so he says, quote, I just saw what was going on and I was like, I'm not going out like that, end quote. Freaking. Wow. He was a hero before, but yeah, like, so, wow. You know, best of luck to this guy in his Navy career and everything. But that's pretty much the story. I kind of wanted to tie that together with Trey Sessler. That's pretty interesting. It would have been a lot larger had it been more casualties, but, yeah. you know, he just it's killed himself. So. He, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, turned out pretty good, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit. I mean, turned it's, out it's fucking probably great. the best possible outcome that that could have had, aside from him getting help, you know, help. And, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, anyway, that's, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. It's a little, little story there. But uh, make sure to leave a comment so you can be entered in uh, the drawing, the $25 we give away each week. Remember, you can do that every episode. Once you leave a comment, be sure to go to the box and put your email in that little box. You got to put your email in the box. I can't, I don't have them linked up. I'm not that smart to have them where it's automatic. So you actually got to go enter by putting the email address you used into that little box anyway, but we'll figure it out. I think we're going to figure this out. I I like this a lot. I like you guys reaching out and stuff like that. So I I think we're going to, this is going to be a good thing. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Have a great weekend. Until next time, good night to you lovely, lovely people.